this content factory we call The Rich Eisen Show. This is The Rich Eisen Show. And if you don't have a, a sense of excitement about this, I don't know what you're here for. The Rich Eisen Show. I can't tell you enough how much I love your show. With guest hosts, Ben Lyons and Ryan Leaf. Boom! Live. Boom! From the Rich Eisen Show studio in Los Angeles. The Rich Eisen brand is really hot. That's what I'm saying. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> and now... Sitting in for Rich. We're ready for any challenge. Here's Ben Lyons and Ryan Leaf. Having a great time here today on the Rich Eisen Show. Ben Lyons and Ryan Leaf filling in for Rich. It's been great hanging out with you all week, Ryan. I'm sad to see you go tomorrow, but we got Kirk Morrison coming in. He'll be here Thursday and Friday. Does a great job covering the Pac-12, as do you. I know you guys are big Pac-12 guys. Have that in common, but yeah, Kirk does a great West job. Coast the West Coast is the best coast, right? Absolutely. So uh, we're excited to have Kirk in tomorrow. But Ryan, you know, a couple couple years ago, I was at a wedding, and my wife and I drove up on the Friday night, the rehearsal dinner. We got there a little late. We had to work, and, and it was a long drive. And we, we get to the bar in the hotel, and there's a guy at the end of the bar, and he's wearing a T-shirt that says, "Don't bro me unless you know me." <laughs> and I hear this, "What's up, player?" And I look up, and I go, "Ah." The most excited man in the world. There he is. I can bro him because I know him, and I can welcome him onto this show. He's a friend of the show, <laughs> Nick Swisher. What's up, bro? You excited? No, bro. I am stoked, bro. Good job, <laughs> man. I mean, Ben Lyons, Ryan Leaf, dynamic duo. Baby, I'm happy to be on here today, man. How you guys doing? We're doing great, Nick. And anytime I, I am privileged enough to be in your presence, even if it's just over the phone, I get excited from just being around you. Where does this enthusiasm for life come? Uh, because it is infectious, and it's always so inspiring for me and anybody else who you're able to, to be in contact with. Ah, uh, thanks, brother. Hey, man, I'm a lucky guy, bro. I got a lot of great things in my life. I, I'm very blessed. I'm very thankful. Uh, just trying to live, just trying to live a great life, right? Just trying to be a ray of sunshine, give back, do my part, bro. Be, be be better than I ever have. Live it to its fullest, bro. Well, I have a funny story about Nick. I, I was working at Fox, and he would, he was. I don't even know what he was in there for. We were doing some of their original programming shows, and that's the exact thing I felt like, like being around him, his presence, and it made me think because I, I, I. You know, I invest in the same kind of mentality. Like, you choose how you feel when you wake up in the morning. You, you get up and it, 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 you might feel like, but you can choose to be happy. You can choose to be positive. You can choose all those things. And Nick exemplifies that, not only in person, but everywhere else. And it's like a, uh, it's just like this, uh, this explosion that happens when he's around you. And I love it, man. I love it that you're on the show. I love the oh. life that you lead. It's, you're a great leader for a lot of people, man. Oh, bro, you're making me blush, my man. Thank you so much for those kind words. It means, it means the world to me, man. You know, I think at the end of the day, listen, man, I'm a father just like you are. We all are. And, you know, all you want to do is be a role model to your kids. And for myself, I, I want to try and lead a good life and, and see if they can follow in the same steps, you know. The world's most excited man, Nick Swisher, joins the show. Ben Lyons and Ryan Lee filling in for Rich. As, uh, as Rich is, I'm a big Michigan man, so it takes that type of excitement to have an Ohio State guy on the show. He has to have a positive <laughs> attitude. It's the only way we're going to welcome a Buckeye with open arms onto this program. But now that he's here, Nick, and we're on the, the verge of pitchers and catchers, which is such a great phrase that just warms my soul, pitchers and catchers reporting for spring training, what has you the most fired up heading into this baseball season? I, I just think the fact that we're on time. 
the fact that we're on time, you know, teams are doing their part uh, to make sure the players can can get into camp, get everything that they need, get their bodies prepared uh, to go into that, you know, that long season. Uh, it's crazy, man, because it's like we've had to adapt and, you know, be like Bruce Lee, like water, bro, and just really be fluid and kind of figure out how to get games in. And I think Major League Baseball, as well as the players, did such a tremendous job last year uh, on top of having such an exciting World Series uh, to see the Los Angeles Dodgers finally pull through uh, in, 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 in unbelievable Dodger fashion. Uh, that was such an amazing season. But I think for myself, the fact that we're getting things rocking and rolling again, you know, football, what an amazing season we just witnessed there. And so baseball, man, I'm getting ready for a lot of great things this year, man. Dodgers look great. My Yankees look great. I'm excited, baby. What was your biggest takeaway? I, 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 the Dodgers – Kept getting there, kept getting there, kept getting there, and then it, it took a COVID-shortened season. A lot of people are saying that an asterisk belongs there in terms of it was harder. I'm kind of like, eh. I, I know the Lakers won last year, but I really don't know the Lakers won last year. I, I know the Dodgers won last year. I don't know. I don't know, really know if the Dodgers won last year. What, what, are, are, they, are they excited about the opportunity to try to be defending champions and show them it wasn't, wasn't a fluke? Well, I mean, come on, bro. I mean, a championship is championship. I mean, <laughs> you get to hoist that thing above your head, baby. I think that's 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 a, that's an amazing feat as it was. Uh, I think players that uh, professional sports players over the last year have done things in one season that I don't even know how they went about doing that. I'm watching it from the outside, being like, "Wow, these guys are holed up in their hotel room. They can't go anywhere, right?" Like. But they're doing it for the sport. They're doing it for the game. They're doing it for us as fans to give us live sports, and I really, really appreciate that. I'm not an asterisk guy. I don't really believe in all that stuff. Uh, I feel like it was such a story of perseverance uh, for what the Dodgers had gone through in the previous two years and to get themselves back and to finally get over the hump, bro. That's a storybook. Like, that's unbelievable, bro. Like, on the heels of everything that happened in Los Angeles, for them to be able to pull off that World Series victory, baby, that was awesome to see. The world's most excited man, Nick Swisher, joins the show. Fox Sports analyst, of course, and a World Series champion with the New York Yankees. Dear friend of the show, having filled in himself for Rich Eisen over the years, Ben Lyons and Ryan Leaf doing our best Nick Swisher impersonations today. Nick, when you were hosting this show, I came on as a guest and made the mistake of calling LaMelo Ball the Lindsay Lohan of NBA pro- prospects. So I definitely eat my words on that one. But it was on the eve of the Red Sox and Yankees going to London. You know, I got to go with my dad. It was great to see you out yeah. there. You were so kind to my dad, which I'll never forget. But that was such a... God, such an amazing trip and feels like a lifetime ago because the world has changed. I think baseball has missed out on a huge marketing opportunity not to be able to go back to London. What do you think about when you look back at that trip, how the world has changed so much, and how do you think baseball continues to grow the game globally? Well, I think if we're just looking at the trip, bro, the trip was so badass, bro. It was like the first time I was ever able to go to London and experience all that and just the, the culture, just the buildings, everything, man, to be able to experience all that, it was such a blessing for me. But you're right, man. Things have changed a lot. And, you know, I think that's where Major League Baseball, we need to do our part to get our game back, right? We need to keep growing our game, right? Bring it to the youth, right? Like get more kids involved. So I think that, you know, yeah, you can say we missed out on an opportunity, but I think everybody's missing out on opportunities right now. And until we can get back on track and everybody does their part, you know, it feels like we're kind of in that, that same situation. So 
I think to be able to grow the game globally, baby, this pandemic has definitely put uh, ice on that for a minute. But at the end of the day, man, you know, in my mind, baseball is one of the greatest games in the world. And to be able to grow that globally, I think will definitely happen for sure. Well, you're a lot like Ryan because you guys were just monster athletes growing up in Ohio and Montana. I know you played basketball and football and you played all the sports. You know, Ryan ended up gravitating towards football. But what was it that really brought you into baseball when you could have had your pick at playing some of the other sports? Yeah, I mean, uh, I think it was a love, man. It's a passion. It was an excitement, right? Listen. Like, I grew up around the game of baseball from the age of, you know, my, my, I was born. My father was still playing in the big leagues. You know, he started coaching when I was six. And from that moment on, you know, I got to be able to spend the summer with him, in, you know, in the minor leagues, Waterloo, Iowa, riding the buses, bro, you know, 10, 15 hours and enjoying every second, playing tape ball in the locker room with everybody, trying to catch fly balls in batting practice. You know, I, I saved up enough aluminum cans, bro, at the stadium to buy my first mitt. A Buddy Bell mitt, as a matter of fact, and he's awesome. But I think just, you know, I mean, I, I had a love for it. I had a passion for it. And I think now that I'm a father, that's the same thing that I'm trying to do for my girls is to find that love and to find that passion for them and to see what they love because it was easy for me to go play baseball. It was easy for me to enjoy all that because I loved it as much as I did. Okay. I need some good news. I'm a diehard Cubs fan, have been my whole life. Um, I didn't get to really relish in them winning their, their championship because I was, of, of course, always waiting for the other shoe to drop. And, and Game 7 certainly gave me that, that, that uh, anxiety. Tell me that the addition of Jock Peterson, the addition of Jake Arrieta back and the loss of John Lester is, it, is going to be a chance for this, this Cubs team to, to vie for a, for a pennant once again. Oh, yeah, 100%. Definitely. Ah. I think that's the, that's the expectation over there. Right? I mean, come on, on the north side, baby. I mean, baseball is life over there, right? I mean, you know, my father was a Cubby. You know, I grew up loving the Cubs. And, you know, I think with, with the additions they've made, you've brought back, like, the heart and soul, right? Like, Jake Arrieta, man, like, he was a soul guy for that squad, right? Jock Peterson, man, he's been a soul guy for the Los Angeles Dodgers for the longest time. To bring over that veteranship for all those young players, that's huge. And to have Grandpa Rossi in the dugout, bro, he's just getting his feet wet. He's just figuring it all out, and I think this year could be a great year for him as well as the Chicago Cubs, baby, no doubt. Nick Swisher joins the show. Ben Lyons filling in with Ryan Leaf on the Rich Eisen Show. Uh, Nick hit a monster home run at Wrigley Field on Sunday Night Baseball. I think that one's still going into the bleachers at Wrigley Field. I remember that one. I remember standing in front of my TV and just screaming. I sounded like Swisher. I was so fired up. Well, well I'd be fired up, too, if I hit a home run at Wrigley. <laughs> that was the first time the Yankees had been back in Chi-Town playing the Cubs, I think, in like 50 years. So that was a huge series and an epic one. Like, what an honor to be part of that, man. That was great. You know, now that you've had a little distance from your time on the field, uh, if you're out and about living your life uh, as a dad and as an analyst now on television, do you get flashbacks to home runs and highlights and moments throughout your career? There's certain stuff that sort of stands out now more that you have some clarity and some distance. Yeah. Oh, bro. At least a couple times a month, I'll grab my girls and be like, Hey, you want me to roll my highlight film? And like, no, dad, we don't want to see your highlight film. We don't want to see your baseball home runs, dada. <laughs> so yes, I mean, bro, you're always going to miss that, right? You're always going to want to relive some of those great times. And for me, it's, you know, now that I'm a father and I've moved on to so many other things to still be a special advisor with the Yankees 
is such a blessing and an honor for me. So it keeps me part of the team, right? Keeps me part of the family. Uh, but I think just in general, man, you always want to go back, right? You always want to continue to keep playing. And for myself, bro, I'm no different than anybody else, man. I love it. You know, I love being a part of it. I still love being part of it. I mean, bro, I'm going to be part of this game, dog, until they put me in a put me in a grave somewhere. No doubt about it, man. This is something I love and something that I want to do for a long time. Well, that's the case. I, I, I sometimes partake in a slow-pitch softball league here in Los Angeles, and I know that uh, – <laughs> That you're, you know, you and I could, uh, you and I could play the corners. I think pretty. I'll play first base. You play third, and we'll just, we'll figure it out. We'll figure. Out. We'll get, we'll get through it. I'll just, I'll put that out there for you. Um, uh, this upcoming season, not having, I, I, I miss, I miss going to the ballpark. And I mean, you as a player for sure. But I, when the Cubs would come to town, you know, for a four game series, you know, I, I go all in, right? I get the, I get the, the dugout seats right behind the Cubs bench. I go into the dugout club here at Chavez Ravine. You know, I just be gluttonous and eat a bunch of Dodger dogs and food, and I'd cheer on my, my Cubs. What's it going to be like this year? They did it last year, I know, without fans, but what's it going to be like again? Are, are, are fans going to be slowly matriculating into these stadiums, or, or is it going to be another year where they have to deal with playing in empty stadiums? Yeah, well, I, I definitely think that's the hope, right? Uh, I mean, definitely getting fans back in the stands for any everything, right? Basketball games, football games, baseball games. I mean, I think that's obviously the plan. Uh, obviously there's a lot of steps that we have to take to get there. Cause obviously you want to make sure you keep everybody safe. You want to make sure you keep the players safe. Uh, but I think at the end of the day, man, I'm like you, baby. I want to get back to, I want to get back in the stadium. I want to be part of it. I want to feel that energy again. You know, we got a little glimpse of it, you know, at, at the Super Bowl, being able to see as many people as we had there. But I think just in general, man, like I'm like you, bro. I want to see everybody back in the stadium, enjoying themselves. Uh, but then again, being as safe as possible. The world's most excited man, friend of the show, Nick Swisher, joins us. Ben Lyons and Ryan Lee filling in for Rich on the Rich Eisen Show. And as we look towards this upcoming baseball season, you still mentioned that you're uh, you know, still working with the Yankees as an advisor, and I know you're always up on, on the latest happenings with the team. I'm hearing rumblings of some big-time prospects for the Yankees, bigger than we've ever heard coming out of New York in the last 20 years. Who, who is it that everybody's talking about and excited about within the organization? I think you'd be talking about our, our, our little Jason Dominguez, bro. This kid is unbelievable, bro. He looks like an outside linebacker running around in center field. He's a stud. He has some power on both sides of the plate. But I think more than that, man, it's just like, you know, it feels like there's a plethora of young Thundercats down there just chomping at the bit to get their opportunity. I think last year we saw more guys reach the big leagues in one year than we ever have. And so I continue to think that's going to keep happening, right? Uh, I think, you know, spring training is going to be, you know, they're going to have the AAA guys, and the big league guys here for a little bit. Uh, but the minor league guys, you know, the single A and double A guys, those guys aren't going to be here in spring training, maybe until April or May, depending on when everything gets going. But, you know, I think we've got so many young kids, man. The New York Yankees aren't all about going and getting guys like we, you know, back in the day, you don't have to pay for everybody. We can grow them from within. So I'm really, really excited about these young kids coming up, man. And can't wait for you to get your eyeballs on them, Ben. You're going to love them. But Jason Dominguez is a name I'm hearing a lot about in New York. Oh, bro. All you got to do is go on Instagram, bro. Check him out, dude. Kid's an animal. An absolute stud and really, really high potential, man. High, high, high potential. Give me a give me a sleeper. Give me a team that's, that, that hasn't been in the mix maybe that you see creeping in and, and could make a run. Uh, similar to what the what the Rays did uh, a year ago. What 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 kind of team 
can a, a, a maybe a little bit of a novice baseball fan look for a surprise this year, do you think? Well, I think, I think one team that's really going to stand out this year, I think that's going to make a, a big turn within their organization is the New York Mets. And obviously being a Yankee guy, man, you, you don't ever want to see the New York Mets doing well. But I think with the additions that they've made, right, bringing over Francisco Lindor, Cookie Carrasco, you bring over James McCann, like they've got a whole new plethora of guys as well as your Jacob DeGroms, right? And your, you know, your Thors, the whole nine. So I think for myself, not necessarily a sleeper team, but I definitely think the New York Mets are going to make a run this year, man. They've got some talent over there, no doubt. Nick, as you know, my dad is the world's biggest Boston Red Sox fan. He left my high school graduation early because Pedro was pitching. Um, he's very <laughs> distraught that Brock Holt, Matt Damon's doppelganger, is no longer going to be in Boston. But he is fired up for Kike Hernandez. But it doesn't seem like the Red Sox are going to have a big year, which is really a bummer for my mother because she has to put up with my dad depressed all summer. So for my mom's interest, <laughs> is there signs of hope in Boston? Yeah, I mean, obviously, bro. You know, I just think, you know, there's been a lot of things that have happened over there. There's been a lot of changes, uh, obviously, you know, from uh, everything from a little bit of the scandal to a lot of the changes in their front office. Uh, but I definitely think Boston is a baseball town, bro, and they will be back. I mean, you can never sleep on Boston, bro, because you never know what they're ever capable of doing. Uh, I think, you know, once they figure out exactly who they are and what they want to be, you know, you're talking about, you know, your boy Alex, your boy Alex Verdugo's over there. I mean, wearing number 99, doing his thing. So, you know, I mean, there's definitely some prospects over there. There's definitely some studs. Uh, I just think it might take a couple more years for them to figure out exactly who they want to be uh, in the future to get them where they want to be. You know, Nick, after years of taking the D train up to the Bronx to see you play and see the Yankees and Red Sox up there and having entire subway cars chanting when they see my father in his Red Sox hat, lion sucks, lion sucks, like to have – to have that imprinted in my soul and my memory to now have my father have four World Series rings and have the audacity to say things to me after I call him to congratulate him after they beat the Dodgers. Oh, we should have swept. I mean, it's just an incredible thing for me. I'm like, I cannot believe that this man has four rings in his life. Uh, that, you know, mm -hmm. it's, just, it's inspiring. It's hope. So if there's a, you know, if there's anybody out there who doesn't believe their favorite team is going to win, Case in point, Jeffrey Lyons is still a Red Sox fan. He survived. He did it. Um, you know, when you think back to the World the Series that you he's won. Got chips to prove it. He's yeah, got chips to prove it. Absolutely. When you think back to the World Series that you won as a player, who are some of the people that came out of the woodwork? You know, when my dad wins World Series as a fan, he gets calls from Spain and from all over the world. Like, how did your life change when you won a World Series? Oh, I had some third cousins popping up from nowhere, bro, right? <laughs> like, <laughs> just, you know, wanting to be part of all that. And I don't blame them. I, I thought it was amazing and something that I really, really enjoyed being part of. Uh, but I think for myself, man, just being able to be a World Series champion, bro. I mean, come on, bro. They can never take that away from me. Uh, and just to be able to share that with my teammates, bro, that 2009 squad, I mean, could be one of the better teams ever in baseball history. And I was fortunate enough to be part of it, man. I, I, I mean, that means the world to me, man. To be able to win a championship as a team, come on, bro. There's nothing better. Well, I hope when the world opens back up and you're on daddy duty at Disneyland and the line for Space Mountain is two hours and they see you, Joe, and the kids there, they say, hey, there's World Series champion Nick Swisher. Let's let him cut the line. <laughs> I mean, maybe, bro. I mean, I think they'd be like, oh, man, isn't that the, that's the guy that's always smiling all the time, bro? Who is that guy? 
Well, I wish more players would take a cue from you in their player introductions that they put on the Jumbotron or they put on Monday Night Football. Hey, Ben Lyons, University of Michigan. Hey, it's Swisher, bro. I'm fired. I'm playing right field for the Yankees. Like, I wish more players would do that, man. <laughs> that would be awesome, bro. That's what we need to do, man. Maybe we can get, like, the XFL or somebody can start yeah, it off. That's know? what, yes. We need some of that XFL attitude from, from Swish. Um, hey, you're the greatest, man. Thanks for your enthusiasm and for taking some time, and I'll hit you up after the show. I appreciate you, buddy. Ah, uh, man. Anything for you, baby. Rhino, good talking to you, baby. You guys have you too, awesome bro. the show, bro. Don't pro me unless you know me, bro. Man, is fired don't you, up. Don't you know me? What, what is it? Don't, don't pro me unless you know me, you bro. Know me. That's yep, one of those Ryan Lee fortune cookies there. A little wisdom, you know? Don't <laughs> bro me unless you know me. The world's most excited man, as advertised, Nick Swisher joining the show. Ben Lyons and Ryan Leaf filling in for Rich Eisen on the Rich Eisen Show. Don't go anywhere. Let's talk game time. Boy, do we love using game time tickets at the Rich Eisen Show. And every single time I've been watching the basketball playoffs on TV, I've been wondering what it would be like to be at these games. And when you choose your tickets on game time, you can see the view from your seat, where the court is, where you are in relation to it. And then the all-in prices, that's my favorite feature. The all-in prices makes sure that you see the lowest price guarantee and also know exactly how much everything costs costs all in before you purchase. So all the guesswork is removed when you buy playoff tickets with Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account and use my code RICH for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Visit gametime.co for restrictions. Again, create an account, redeem my code RICH for $20 off your first purchase. Download Game Time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. Hey, folks, it's time for the NFL draft, which means for me, I need a good night's sleep because if I don't have one, I'm just not myself. You know the deal. You know exactly how important it is to have quality sleep. It's a game changer for all of us. So sleep number helps me. My sleep number setting is 60. My wife's setting is 70. We both get a great night's sleep because we could adjust the firmness of our mattress on each side. Improve your quality sleep because Sleep Number learns how you sleep thanks to their smart beds and provide personalized insights to help you sleep better. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. This is the Rich Eisen Show. Nice drive, Gilmore. 25 years, huh? Let's see if it's a shooter's tour. Check it out. Oh, yeah. It's all about the short game. Drive for show, putt for the dough. Money. Shooter. Still got it. Well, thank you to all the fans, and thank you to you, Adam Sandler. And uh, why don't you just meet me at the ninth green at 9, Gilmore? Little secret of the pros. Okay. Oh, and uh, Gilmore, wear something nice. <laughs> 25th anniversary, baby. Out. Welcome back to the Rich Eisen Show. Ben Lyons and Ryan Lee filling in. That's the great shooter McGavin, Christopher McDonald, and 
Richard Keel, Mr. Larson in Happy Gilmore. 25 years ago, Happy Gilmore, Ryan. Can you believe it? That's <laughs> I crazy. I feel really, really old. What a great film. Um, I love seeing Sandler trying to redo it on the golf course on his Instagram the other day, hitting bombs, doing the Happy Gilmore. Have you tried that before? Oh, of course. Every golfer has. It's not yeah. easy. I don't remember if I've ever tried it, to be honest with you. Come on. I'm gonna, I, I don't remember if I have. I'm probably sure I have, but I haven't done it in a long time. It doesn't really so this, make you hit the ball any further. If anything, it's more challenging. Like, I'd it's rather much take, more challenging. I'd rather yeah. take 10 drives hitting it normal than doing the Happy Gilmore, but for the purposes of that classic film, it worked. We haven't seen a great golf comedy in 25 years. Ah, Tin Cup was so... When was Tin Cup? I like Tin Cup. I think it's a year after. I think it's 97. I like Tin Cup a lot. It's not a, a, a golf comedy necessarily. It's more of like a life dramedy. Oh, I think it's a golf comedy. What do you compare it to Caddyshack and Happy Gilmore? No, I mean, those are like no. over the top, you know? Yeah. They've got Caddyshack, some real life stuff. Hey, in, Caddyshack in a, 2 is one of my favorite films. I, I, I will say that. Very you know, I like, Rodney Dangerfield. Yeah. Jackie Mason makes me laugh. Well, like, I, like the part where Randy Quaid walks up and he's like, he looks at him. He's like, you have, you have only two clubs. He's like, how many do you need? You know? He just he's looking at the putter and he's looking at the driver and he's kind of deciding which one he's got to hit off the and he okay I'm gonna hit the driver and he pounds it he turned that turned Brent what what was the name of uh, what was the name of the the country club oh don't put me Bushwood in the spot. yeah but yeah I think so yeah these are the minutia the the, the yep. minute details I just don't pay attention to but yes yep. uh, an all time classic and 25 years Happy Gilmore I mean man Sandler went on such a run in the 90s where he had. You had Billy Madison. You had Happy Gilmore. Those are the ones that. Those are the ones that the made him. He, na- he named his production company what Happy Madison, right? Yeah. yeah. So there you go. The Water Boy. I mean, come yeah. on. Yeah. You know. Um, I remember me. It was. I was my rookie year, and I took like the whole Chargers team, all my offensive linemen, and everybody. We all went and like rented out a theater in San Diego there in Mission Valley and watched The Water Boy. It was we laughed our we laughed our asses. You're off, just yeah. trying to get more points for your AMC Stubbs card. So you just I do. To bring, I want like, as much. I I need. We haven't been able to go to a movie since March. My my points are there. I, I'm, I'm I'm supposed to have free popcorn for my birthday, and it says it expires on February 28th. But the theater's not going to be open yet. They better extend that. Isn't there a clause for a global pandemic? Like That's what I free thought. Popcorn extended. I want that for... free bucket of popcorn for my birthday present. All right? So you got the vaccine? Get a free bucket of popcorn? Is that what's going to come down to? I'm worried. I'm worried that all this weight I lost during uh, quarantine time is going to be immediately repositioned once the theater's open. I, and I, I'm fearful of that. I really am. It's going to be the mummy returns for, for it's going to be a sequel. All this, all this weight's coming back now oh. that you're back. Uh, Cause I love me some Starburst minis. I love me some butter popcorn, some milk duds, the giant sodas. Come on. And theater nachos are pretty damn good people. All right. Yeah, theater, theater nachos, I, I will definitely uh, tip my cap uh, to, to, to the theater industry for those. I don't know what's in that, what's science, how many, I know con- it's not cheese, how but many it's consonants really are, are yeah. in cheese. It's not just two, you know, so or three. Um, all right. Um, I want to get into some more of this player mobility with you, Ryan Leaf. Ben Lyons filling in here for, for Rich Eisen on the Rich Eisen Show, and you can hit us up at 844-204-RICH. Um, when I texted you last night saying, hey, buddy, what's going on? See what's See what you're into for tomorrow. Right away, oh, Wentz to the Bears. Wentz to the Bears. First time I'm hearing this Carson Wentz to the Bears stuff. Everybody said, well, they'll try to work it out in Philadelphia. You don't invest all that money uh, and all that time and energy into someone who just had a bad year. They can new coach. They'll figure it out. Or you're hearing you might go back to Indianapolis, play with his old coordinator. 
But this Wentz to the Bears thing, that's new to me, bro. Where'd you hear that? Yeah, I, got, I had a few whispers in my ear yesterday uh, about this. Uh, it seems like they are the most logical spot right now if a movement is made is the Bears, and that means a return to Philadelphia for the Super Bowl MVP, Nick Foles, for a third time. That's where that would be. Their trade would involve that. Mitchell Trubisky is a free agent. make a 30 for 30 on Nick Foles, don't yes. they? What is well, that A 30 about? for 30 on Nick Foles as an eagle, period. Yeah, That's three all you times. Just, wow. just as an eagle. His best year, I think he like threw 29 touchdowns and like two interceptions with, with Chip Kelly that one year and then got shipped off. Um, he comes back, fills in for a Carson Wentz, takes him and wins him a Super Bowl. Probably plays the best, you know, outduels Tom Brady in a in – a, so much so that Tom Brady is the only quarterback he will not shake a hand of is, is Nick Foles uh, after a game. And now he looks like he'll – if this plays out, he'll go back now. I don't – I mean, for Carson Wentz, things have had to have gone so bad to be in a position where he's going to go to Chicago now where I really feel like Matt Nagy and Pace, their general manager, are living in a lame duck season. I really do. I don't, I don't think they, they improve enough offensively. And they may lose Allen Robinson in free agency as a wide receiver. And then there's their best player. Defensively, they're, they're, they're good. Don't get me wrong. They have a new defensive coordinator. But they're not going to battle with Green Bay. Like, Trubisky in that offense was stellar three games leading up to that final game against Green Bay. And then you watched against a decent defense in the Packers and a great defense in the Saints the next two weeks. And Mitchell Trubisky and the Bears look lost. So, no matter what, they're not, you know, they're, it's a lame duck year for them. So, if I'm Wentz, I don't want to be there either. But... It may be out of his control because Philly's in a position right now. Like if we can get if we can get substantial package back, we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna make a move with this. I understand the idea of wanting to move off Wentz, not believing that he's the guy. You've seen enough. You just say, okay, you know what? He's had flashes flashes of very good, but or even great, but the consistency, the lack thereof. We're just we don't want to be in that business anymore. I get that. But then where, where does that leave you for your quarterback? You're talking about it Nick doesn't. Foles coming back for the third time. You're going to go into camp at the Philadelphia Eagles with a quarterback competition between Nick Foles and Jalen Hurts? Like, that doesn't get me excited. No, I mean, but I don't think anything's getting you excited. Does Carson Wentz get you excited right now? That's the biggest thing there. I think the fan base is down on Carson. I think the team is down on Carson. I think there's a, there's a um, loyalty problem between Carson and Philadelphia, ownership and, and your franchise quarterback. And sometimes when that happens – uh, no matter no matter what, they, it can't be mended. Like I don't see to your point. I don't see how Deshaun Watson stays in Houston because that it doesn't feel like that could be mended. No, and, and, and the sooner that the, the Texans can embrace that and own that, and maybe they're doing that behind closed doors and putting out publicly that they're not interested in training them. But as soon as the but Texans, they're not. Admit, they're not answering the phone though. No, but as soon as it's early, it's early. We still got a lot of time left. You know, we're sitting here in February. They don't have to make a move right now. They can see how the draft unfolds, see how free agents unfold. But the fact I that the, I don't think you wait. I don't. If, if this if this move is made, I think it has to be before the draft because I think Houston has to have assets in place to try to restart rebuilding. So well, that's it, why I get it, back to the Wentz situation. If they do make a move with the Chicago, do they go and try to get a pick this year and get a new quarterback in the mix, or are you saying Foles? Hurts, we'll figure it out, and you're in a kind well, of they a are gap at six, year. so they have a chance. Like they have, you know, they have the ability to to try to make some moves and maybe move up. And six could still get you, still could land you one of those quarterbacks. The, the fear is right now is that all three of the quarterbacks that they're talking about at the top of the draft are going to be gone in the first four picks. They're talking about uh, Trevor Lawrence at one to Jacksonville, um, Zach Wilson to New York uh, uh, at number two, and then uh, Justin Fields to Atlanta at number four. Now, I understand the Atlanta one. 
Ryan's going to be their guy this year, but they got to move on at some point. So I, I get that point of view. But there's a guy out there that had an unbelievable senior bowl who I think is you can put him up in comparison in terms of a season he had in college. And Mac Jones is, is the guy. And every time I hear or talk to somebody about him, his draft stock starts to move up and move up and move up. And that may be – now his mobility is not the same as Joe Burrow, and that is something in this, this new NFL look at the quarterback. But, again, Tom Brady, you figure out how to get the ball out of your hand in a hurry. You don't have to move. Right, you don't have to be running around. You win in seven championships, having never left the pocket. People, okay, that's that's so all for all the all the investment you put in a, an athletic quarterback moving around and Lamar Jackson and stuff. Well, the guy that's won seven of them, he he never leaves the pocket. People, all right. <laughs> Ryan that, Leaf not, and Ben Lyons filling in for Rich on the Rich Eisen show. I think you're going to have a, a because it is a copycat league. I think you are going to have a lot of teams say, okay, what was that formula that worked down in Tampa Bay? Aging quarterback, some key veterans some great skill positions and a wonderful defense. Boom. Rinse, wash, repeat. Let's do that over here. Problem is not all aging quarterbacks are created equally. (laughs) And yes, Tom Brady, while not being mobile throughout his career is somewhat of a unicorn in that respect. um, Because the guys who have been more rigid and have had to stay in the pocket in recent years have had not had the success of Patrick Mahomes or Lamar Jackson or Josh Allen or any of these guys who can run around a little bit. What comes with that, of course, is injury. And if you're getting outside the pocket, then you're threatening your life. You're getting your life threatened because you might get knocked out. So, yes, the, the idea that having a quarterback who's mobile while being an advantage, it can also become an hindrance real quick when that when they get injured from pushing it too far. Hey, the reason that uh, Carson Wentz didn't get to finish that Super Bowl MVP type of season, it was on his feet, right? running for a touchdown, getting sandwiched between two L.A. Rams in the Coliseum that tore his ACL. So, yeah, there's there's something to be said. Philip Rivers was able to play 19 years because the, the dude got the ball out of his hand faster than anybody this year, right? I, I really thought he'd come back one more year, but it, you know there was a it came to a point where, especially how it ended against Buffalo. But you see where it's at. And that's the other interesting question in all this: the Colts. What are they going to do at the quarterback position? They made a a strong plea for for Matthew Stafford. They had a great package put together there. It didn't pan out. Now what? Wentz is an option. Um, you know he he played really well under Frank Reich in that system, and that's where he was at his best. Uh, that's something that could be worked out. And then also Jacob Eason, uh, the draft pick out of Washington who sat and developed all year long, didn't get any preseason games. What, did, what, is, what have they seen from him? And I, I wanted to know how you know, invested they would be in retaining Jacoby Brissett as a free agent or letting him walk if Jacob Eason developed a ton last year because that guy has first-round talent. That guy's six foot six with a howitzer on his right arm. And with the receivers they put around him, with Ryan Ballard uh, working that GM office in, in, in Indianapolis, that, that's a team in the AFC South figuring it out after Aaron, Andrew Luck just up and said, hey, I'm done. No, absolutely. And for them to go out and get Phillip Rivers, make it back to the postseason, definitely sets that franchise in the right direction. Uh, coming up next, we're going to do a little best actor for the Oscars race. We're doing a new category every day. Plus, want to hear from you. 844-204-RICH. That's 844-204-RICH. Ben Lyons and Ryan Lee filling in for Rich on the Rich Eisen Show. Don't go anywhere. 
What's up, everyone? It's Reality Steve, your number one source for all things Bachelor Nation and reality TV. Every day, I'm giving you the behind-the-scenes juice and your info on all your Bachelor Nation stories and also interviewing some of your favorite reality stars. My name has been synonymous with spoilers, but I'm so much more than that. Give me a listen. The Reality Steve Podcast, part of the Believe Network. Just search B-L-E-A-V on YouTube or wherever you listen. Afford Anything talks about how to avoid common pitfalls, how to refine your mental models, and how to think about how to think. Paula, while certainly you can mess up on a million dollars a year, it is far less likely than it is on $30,000 a year. Right. I would meet wonderful people that were struggling with a budget that was super tight. It was 100%. You need to make more money. Make smarter choices and build a better life. Afford Anything, wherever you listen. This is the Rich Eisen Show. Welcome back to the show. Ben Lyons and Ryan Leaf sitting in for Rich today on the Rich Eisen Show. Thank you so much for being a part of your day. Having a lot of fun catching up with Ryan, getting to know Ryan a little better. We had a little bit of a Hollywood relationship before the show started where we kind of knew each other. And that's often the case in sports or in Hollywood where you see people in passing or you meet up once or twice or you play golf or whatever. But it's been great getting to know you working this closely over the last three days, man. You've been through so much in your life and you have so much more life left to live and to give. And that's the big takeaway for me, man, is that I feel like you're just getting started in certain ways. Well, I think that uh, what I am is I'm living proof that God uh, allows some fools more time than others to get it right. And he knew my heart was better uh, than my actions. So, um, incredibly grateful. And yeah, you know, working with you has been, been wonderful. We do have a lot more friends in common than we thought. Um, you know, it's, that's just the way it is. It is. It's kind of like that Hollywood relationship. You live in LA, it's, it's a huge city and, but it's a small, small town and, uh, and experience kind of the same thing. So well, I just um, love the crossover of sports and entertainment. And as you know, I've been, you know, covering film for a long time. I, I covered the Oscars for about 15 years in a row. And last year, as fate would have it, got paired up with Stephen A. Smith to do the <laughs> post show coverage on ABC, which was a real trip, man. As someone who feels very comfortable in an uncomfortable place, that is the Academy Awards. You're wearing a tuxedo at three in the afternoon across the street from a Hooters on Hollywood Boulevard. Like it's just really weird and everyone's on their best behavior and it's so intense. And then in walks Stephen A, who's, you know, covered every NBA finals and World Series and Super Bowl and to talk Parasite and you know, Quinn Tarantino was robbed. I got to be honest. I thought Leonardo DiCaprio and Brad Pitt. I mean, what more do you want? I mean, what more do you want from a motion picture? Was just phenomenal. Um, and now I get to talk film with you. And you're somebody who's really impressed me this week with your cinephile chops, man. Your brother's an actor. And I know, obviously, you're a huge movie fan and AMC Stubbs card holder. <laughs> um, Premier Stubbs. Premier Stubbs, This intersection of sports and, and Hollywood is, is such a big deal, and I love it so much. And you're somebody I know, and you can give the listeners a little Hollywood answer if you want, but there's been rumblings of your stories making their way to the big screen. Yeah, I know. it's uh, It seems strange. Um, I don't – I'm currently, you know, doing uh, – in, in production of my, of my story in a podcast form called Bust, uh, partnered with Action Park Media, Kevin Connolly's company. And so that's been the start. And there's a writer uh, that uh, has, wrote, has written some, some neat stuff, in particular for ben, A- ben Affleck recently, who's kind of been sitting in on these sessions. And he's trying to kind of put together a screenplay. And 
all all I know is this. I I'm not I don't I don't want to do any of this stuff for myself. I don't seek any attention. What I want is uh I want it to be for somebody else. I want it to be for somebody who may still be struggling out there who needs to hear it and know that there's a solution and that like like literally if I can do this, if me Ryan can do this like anybody can. I was uh, about as low as you can imagine, and it's it, it really is a perspective that 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 has shifted in me and, and allows for us. So that's why. So if Hollywood comes calling and it's something that can be done gritty and in the vein of you know the wrestler, uh, uh, you know the fighter, that I, I want it. I don't. I don't want it to be. I don't want it to be a Disney film, you know. I don't want it to be the rookie or or Ryan, things like that. Ryan, I I hate to tell you this, but after three days, I think I can. There isn't much Disney about your story, <laughs> <laughs> but I think you're, I think you're right on spot, right on uh, on the mark with the tone of what, what a piece would would look like about your life and the fact that you're you know doing that and sitting down and thinking about that. That's tremendous, man. You know, who, that, okay, you're you're in who would who would uh, who would you like put a list together to. To play Ryan Leaf in it. Well, it depends. NFL. What what time of the story are we telling? Are we showing you know like the pre NFL draft or are so we doing is, a few years? So this is this is uh this that there would be flashbacks. I want it to open up like open open scene like it's you see the the mountain range in the background, the Rocky Mountains, uh, and then as it pans back down, kind of where the person's viewing it from, it's looking through razor wire in a prison. So I I think it would I think it would largely take place place in prison with flashbacks to everything that kind of played through that and, and the role that my roommate played in helping me change my perspective to what it got out. And necessarily, I wouldn't necessarily see a third act or an ending of a, of a movie with what has actually happened the last you know nine years, like six years out of prison. I would maybe put that in text as the credits are running type of thing. Mm-hmm. I think that it's more powerful to see it actually play out. So it would probably be in that time. So you'd probably need a more kind of... Well, you'd have to have kind of a a chubby, bearded actors look. Actors love putting on weight. They think they so, get taken more seriously when they say, "Oh, I put I on weight." I talked to. For the role. I, I was working out with Chris Pratt a lot before the uh, before the pandemic, and I, I really liked him. And he's he watched me play growing up in Western Washington, uh, and we we hit it off. I I, I think he could do it. I and people forget that he played Scott Hatterberg in Moneyball as yeah, well. He's a Washington he really State. Became, played some Washington State guys. Yeah, yeah. I think yeah. Chris Pratt's a great choice, and you want the movie to do well overseas, so he's got international box office appeal. So, yeah, as a producer, I'm like, ah, oh, checks the box there. I but, think you know, that, my, uh, my wife and I met at uh, our first date was a, uh, a very unromantic movie, but holds a special place in our heart. We went to the premiere at Cannes of Foxcatcher uh, with Channing Tatum, who plays a wrestler in that movie. There's a scene in a hotel room where he smashes his head against the glass. It's just terrifying. And I could see Channing going there you and know, finding those moments. The we we took it to his production company and he where there was some there was some interest there. So that's uh I don't you're right. That I, I need to I just look at Jump Street, and I'm just like, that dude can't play me. No, but man, you can't go back and watch A Guide to Recognizing Your Saints, an old I film know. he did with Shia and, and, uh, I and know. Robert Downey Jr., I know. and he's tremendous in that. He is. I just, I get, uh, you know, you get locked into things. You're like, uh, I like Jeff Stoltz. He's a buddy of oh, mine. Oh, Stoltz like, is great. You know. I love um, Stoltz. And Dumel is a former quarterback in college. Yep. You Hayes know? MacArthur. Hayes MacArthur played quarterback in college. I don't know if you've got Jack's che- uh, Josh's cheekbones, but you know he, he he could do it. I think he could ugly it up. I don't think he could ugly it up. I don't think that man could ever ugly just so anything. So handsome, up. yeah, so handsome. <laughs> uh, sometimes being around him, uh, playing golf with him, I'm just kind of like, 
you know, I'll, I'll look at him a couple times. And I'm like, I'm just like, yours. You're from like the same area. You're from North Dakota. I'm from Montana. Why? You are handsome, like like handsome, handsome. He'll be like, it's so crazy. I was on this flight, and I had a coach seat, and they just came up, and they gave me a first-class seat. It was like, wow, it's so nice of you guys. I don't know what. Delta's really nice. I'm like, well, you're insanely handsome. So. The, these girls, the, the beautiful, like like insanely hot girls. They're they, so they just, nice. They came so over nice. to our table and bought us drinks. It's so that, weird. Yeah. Does that happen to you guys? No, All Josh. the time, Josh. All the time. Why do you think we're living the lives we're living right now? Go away. Go away from me. Some uh, some names, Ben Lyons and Ryan Leaf uh, here filled in for Rich Eisen on the Rich Eisen Show. Some names that are being talked about this year for Oscars include Riz Ahmed from The Sound of Metal, Stephen Yoon, who's fantastic, Stephen Yoon in, in, uh, in Minari, Gary Oldman in Mank, but I think my choice this year, and I don't know if you had a chance to see the film yet on, on Netflix, but in Ma Rainey's Black Bottom, the, the late Chadwick Boseman delivers a performance for the ages opposite Viola Davis. So I think Chadwick wins the Oscar um, you know, after he, he, he lost his life. And we've seen that happen before in Hollywood, most notably, of course, with Heath Ledger, which I know is a film that you hold special in your heart, The Dark Knight. But I think Chadwick's the favorite this year for Best Actor. I have – I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make a point to watch as oh, many Ma as Rain, I can. Yeah, Ma Rainey's terrific. And that's what's great about not, Netflix is, you know, yeah. you know, get out there and see these movies now. I haven't uh, seen many films this year. I, I you know, uh, I watched <laughs> – for Christmas, I watched Wonder Woman, and I was, and I, I oh god, <laughs> it's two it's and terrible. a half hours of your life that you I'll just don't have back. back. I'll steal. And a it's line rare from- that I do that. It's rare that I do that. The last thing I can remember was I think Bonfire of the Vanities is what I saw, and I was just like, oh, I, I now know what a bad movie is, and in that's. I think I, I like felt- the idea of you as you know you're doing this podcast series called Bust, where you just do these reviews of bombs. You just review Bonfire of the Vanities and give us the oral history of one. You of You know Hollywood's what? Maybe season two. Thinking. Maybe season two of Bust is all the busted movies. Yes, and, you know, and then we get on the producer and the director and like get a whole you know, oral history of Waterworld, hosted by Ryan Leaf. Like, or the you know, and what's funny about Waterworld? I kind of liked it, and one of my favorite other films of Kevin Costner is The Postman. I, I loved that movie. Dennis Hopper's pretty good in, in Waterworld. Lorenz Tate isn't that bad in The Postman, you know? Yeah, yeah. Those things are like, like I'm like I'm looking for like rays of sunshine in what I do in my life. I'm like I'm gonna you know for those types of movies, but there are some that I'm gonna be like. Hell no! Well, last night you said you were in a dark place, so you decided to put in put on seven. Which we got to talk, man. If you're in a dark place, like we got to go a little lighter. Well, I didn't comedy. think I was in a dark place. I didn't think I was in a something. dark place, but I was like flipping through HBO Max, and I'm like, oh, seven. And then they it came up, and then just the beginning credits with David Fincher's beginning credits with the, like the guy like Kevin Spacey peeling off his finger his, his oh. fingerprints and stuff. And then it says Richard Schiff, and I started laughing. <laughs> I always thought it would be funny if Saturday Night Live did a skit where you did, like, a set visit or bloopers or outtakes that are supposed to be funny, and it's from the production of a movie like Seven. You know, a guy like me shows up. It's like, hey, Brad, are you guys doing pranks on set and all the silly Hollywood stuff? And it's like, no, we're making a movie about a serial killer. It's really intense. It must be it so is odd on set. And Morgan Freeman is young and like energetic, but he's playing the old guy. I mean, oh, it's all time. Dude, this I has hope been, you're able this to has bring, been a blast. Yeah, man, having a blast with you. I really hope you're able to bring your story to the big screen so years <laughs> from now we can debate if Channing Tatum really pulled off that Ryan Leaf performance. So I wish you nothing but luck and happiness and health, my man, and keep sharing your story and doing good work. That's the appreciate great you, Ryan brother. Leaf. Have a great couple really of days. appreciate having him on the show all week long. 
Um, thanks to all our guests today. We had an all-star lineup. The world's most excited man, Nick Swisher, took time out of crushing life to hang out with us today. So we're really appreciative. Uh, same for Cynthia Freeland. Does a great job on the NFL Network. And I loved catching up with Tim Legler. All things NBA. It's an interesting time in the league right now. We'll see what happens uh, with the Lakers and Anthony Davis. But tomorrow, Kirk Morrison joins the show. Another Pac-12 guy. Excited to catch up with Kirk. Talk some football as well, as always. So Ben Lyons sitting in for Rich along with Ryan Leaf. This is the Rich Eisen Show. We'll talk to you tomorrow.